welcome in to a, another edition of MCM Radio. The band is back together tonight. Uh, Jimmy Morris, along with Terry Lambert. Terry, it's been a while. How are you? Dude, it's been it's been a long time. I guess since the playoffs. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a a uh, wild time for me. Uh, but happy to be back and talk a little Titans draft here. Yeah. So uh, we got a couple of picks to talk about tonight. Before we do that. As always, remind you, MutantCityMiracles.com is where you can find all of our work. Um, a lot of good Titans draft stuff going on there, so check that out. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry is at TLambertTN. Um, you can follow the podcast, the pod, or the site at TitansMCM. And then you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just search out Mutant City Miracles, and you will find us there. So the Titans had two picks tonight, um, and you know a, a lot of talk last night after the first pick of Isaiah Wilson, uh, offensive tackle, which was was not a surprise on one hand because we knew they were going to take a tackle on this draft to come in and compete with Dennis Kelly for the right tackle position. But it was a little bit of a surprise with the way the draft fell. You had a guy like Jeff Gladney there at corner, which was the biggest need the Titans had. Heading in, but I, I think after the way things played out tonight, you had to be pretty happy with the way it went. Um, with Christian Fulton falling down a little bit in this draft, some off the field concerns with him, I, I think is what caused a little bit of his tumble. But the Titans are able to get him in the second round without having to move. And a guy that you, I mean, by all accounts, should be able to come in and play from day one. They can use him in the slot. Um, he talked a little bit about that in his conference call with the with the national media tonight. So, you know, I think overall, as we sit here after the first two days of the draft, um, some concerns that we had last night after drafting a tackle are a little bit alleviated when you have a guy like Fulton that gives you I mean, that, that fills that need that you have and you feel a little bit better about your your defensive backfield than you did at this time last night. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you look at the tackles and, and how everything went, uh, you know, getting Wilson there uh, before the, the talent level falls off. You know, that's kind of the thing you got to got to kind of project when these these tiers of players are going to go for each position. I think John Robinson played that perfectly. Um, didn't didn't go for the corner in round one gets a guy that, you know, many had penciled in to, to twenty nine ends up getting him at 61 so uh you know the, the wilson deal um didn't get a chance to talk about it last night I'll, I'll just say my piece on it feels a lot like taylor the taylor one situation uh you know a lot of people questioned that i questioned it uh when it happened uh tough to take first round picks that that aren't going to give you immediate return you know we've kind of been faced with that quite a bit uh with Lawan, you know with last year with the uncertainty around jeffrey simmons um, it's, you get the guy for the future, though, and, and we've seen how much of a difference a, a competent offensive line can make. We've seen some really bad offensive lines, uh, so you never want to be in a position uh, of, of having unknowns up front. So, you know, taking taking Fulton at 61 tonight for me uh, makes makes that pick at 29 look a lot better. Absolutely. And again, for me, that was the biggest concern that I had about this roster heading in because sure they're shallow at a couple of their places, 
but corner was the was the one spot that you looked at and said, you know, you need three guys, and you only had two guys with any NFL with any real NFL experience in Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson. I know they resigned Ty Smith, and and he's been good um, at times. That I'm not sure you want to rely on him as your number three. Now you've got a guy in Fulton that had a lot of success at a, a really good program. Um, if you go and watch his game against Alabama, had had good success against guys like Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, you know, first round receivers that were picked last night. So you feel pretty good about that. And again, that's the the biggest level of concern. There are still plenty of other other spots on this roster that need to get that need to get filled out. And I think that you know this is kind of the next phase for John Robinson as a GM, right? He comes he comes in and takes over. I, I mean. Arguably the worst roster in the NFL. I think if you go back and look at the talent level that they had when he took over, um, it, it's a it's a pretty easy argument that the Titans had the worst roster in the NFL. So it, it's I don't I don't think it's that hard for a competent guy to take that and improve that. And, and no doubt John Robinson has done that. But now you're in the phase where you're starting to have your guys that you've picked that you know are up for big contracts. You can't sign them all. And we've seen that a little bit this year. You know, the Titans are actually for the first time in, I mean, I can't even remember when the last time they got a compensatory pick was, but you know, in, in 2021, the Titans are going to get a, a, a compensatory pick. And again, that's a compliment to what John Robinson has been able to do. But with that being said, you've got to be able to fill the holes that are created when those guys come up and you can't afford to pay them all. They go other places. And, and that's what, you know, that's, that's kind of the phase that they're in now. And, and to me, it, it's a lot like, you know, last year the big thing was going from good to great, right? And they were able to do that with that playoff run. And I think, you know, you, the argument can be made that it's harder to go from good to great than it is to go from terrible to good. And I, I think the same thing can be said in, in roster construction, that it's easy to get to a good roster, but to maintain that over a, a period of time that's a challenging spot. And so that's what we've seen that John Robinson is wrestling with this year. And, you know, obviously we go back to the Jarrell Casey trade, uh, you know, that was made a few weeks ago, trading him for a seventh, a lot of concern there. Jadavian Clowney, we'll see how that ends up. I, I feel pretty confident that he ends up here, but nothing can be a hundred percent until, you know, it's actually signed on the dotted line. But, you know, with, with what they've been able to do so far, with these first three picks, you feel pretty good about what they've been able to do. And again, you know, projecting forward, if you're looking at, okay, this team made the AFC championship game, came up against the Chiefs, who were just clearly a better team. They were outmatched in that game. Have they gotten enough better than they were last year to, to face the Chiefs? I, I don't know the exact answer to that, but I think adding a guy like Fulton at least is a, is a step in that direction. Right, and, and you talk about the guys that uh, you can't afford to pay. Uh, it's, it's a good problem to have. You know, it, it, it means you're, you're hitting on your draft picks. You're signing the right guys in free agency. This guy's turned out, turned out to be Jack Conklin uh, and, and Logan Ryan. So uh, I'm interested to see if uh, Fulton plays the role that Ryan played last season. Uh, he was immediately asked by the Titans media tonight, Titans asked you to play outside, inside. He said that they've asked him to play uh, some inside. So maybe there's your there's your answer in the slot. That was my um, that was my one concern. Uh, how does he fit in this defense? Sounds like he's going to be playing the slot. 
uh, played a lot of outside press man at LSU. Um, so, I mean, that's what you need to look for uh, as camp opens. If we get a camp, you know, lots of unknowns there. Uh, but, you know, think about a guy like Amani Hooker uh, that they drafted last season. So going to be a, a totally new look secondary. Um, for me, you know, that's the number one thing I want to watch in camp and all these preseason games. Uh, Dory Jackson's going to have to step up. We're going to have to see Malcolm Butler uh, really give that A-level effort that he seemed to uh, return to last season after a, a rough first season in Tennessee. So for me, that's that's the that's the big thing that I'm looking for. Uh, how does this new look secondary perform? Because as, as we've seen, uh, secondaries are as important as ever uh, in today's NFL. And, you know, like you said about, about getting better, um, I, I can confidently say I don't think they've, they've gotten there yet. But I will say, you know, if they announce the signing of Jadavion Clowney, uh, that's a pass rusher that they haven't had in a long time. Uh, that's, a, that's a guy that can transform an entire defense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just on Logan Ryan really quickly, um, a guy that was, you know, maybe the defensive MVP of this team last year. So it's weird to think that they could be better with him being gone. But he was obviously he was good in certain situations. Obviously, a really smart football player, good in in the blit, good on blitzing and that type of stuff. But he would he had kind of lost a step in coverage. And Mike Vrabel even alluded to the other day when when he talked to the media was you know about how the slot corner used to be a vertical position and now it's or it used to be a horizontal position. Now it's become more of a vertical position. And you know that was obviously just the thing that Logan Ryan was was never great at just because he doesn't have that top end speed. So, it, like I said, it's it's strange to say that the guy that was maybe your best defensive player last year that you're you're better with a rookie coming in to replace him. But when you just look at it from a coverage aspect, I think that certainly could be the case, and it'll be interesting. I mean, I think this pretty much shuts the door on a return of Logan Ryan. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. But again, just kind of constantly having to turn over the roster and and find these guys to fill in. And so, I mean, I think they've done a pretty good job. Obviously, we'll have to see how it all ends up playing out with Fulton. But, you know, to to not take a corner last night to get the guy that was, you know, like you said, in the range of end of first round in Fulton to get him at, at, late in the second round, they had to feel pretty good about how that played out. Um, coming up, we'll talk a little bit about the third round pick and how he fits into this team. All right, so third round, uh, the Titans picked Darrington Evans, uh, running back from Appalachian State. And again, you know, when you look at the nature of this team, um, the, the top four that I think we all would list would have been corner first, obviously. But then you're looking at offensive line depth, running back depth, I guess interior defensive line depth. You put edge in there somewhere again, but we'll – you kind of the jury's out on the whole clowny thing, but the Titans absolutely needed to get a running back. Um, Deion Lewis was was cut loose earlier in the offseason. They had to have a guy that was going to complement Derrick Henry, and Darrington Evans is that guy. Um, you know, a guy that has that top end speed, a guy that's good catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, I mean, I, I, a guy that maybe has the potential to be a three down back down the road. Obviously, that's not what the Titans are going to need from him in 2020. But as it stands right now. You know, Derrick Henry's here on a franchise tag. We don't know if they're going to be able to work out a long-term deal with him before July 15th, which would be the deadline for that. 
Um, but you know, just just for this immediate season, you now have a guy that you they can be your third down back that you can bring in. They can give you that threat uh, out of the backfield, but also a guy that you know has run a lot of outside zone um, that that could be a competent runner when Derek Henry's not on the field and you don't necessarily, you know, throw up the the flag of, Hey, we're going to pass here because he's in the game. Like you basically did with Deion Lewis last year. Yeah. I think it's an upgrade over, over Deion Lewis, you know, from an athletic standpoint, from a price standpoint, uh, you're getting a guy with, with legitimate, uh, four, four speed, four, ran a four, four, one of the combine, uh, over 1400 yards, uh, a Sunbelt offensive player of the year. Uh, just, just an exciting player. Um, and, and, you know, the Titans really haven't had anybody like this on the roster since, you know, really since Chris Johnson. Yeah. I'm not comparing him to that. Uh, I'm just saying a, a guy in the backfield that, that can really, uh, you know, take a defense all the way to the house. So, uh, that aspect of it is exciting. Adding a little speed to this offense, something, uh, that they definitely needed to do. Uh, you saw him get a lot more explosive by adding A.J. Brown. Um, you, you get more explosive here uh, by adding Evans. And I, I don't think he's, you know, you, you kind of touched on this. I don't think he's anything. I don't think you should read into the tea leaves here that he's going to take over the backfield when Derrick Henry leaves. Um, but he's a really nice third down back, a uh, little undersized, uh, electric with the ball in his hand. So uh, definite change of pace. I really think him and, and, and Henry contract contrast really well um so i'll be i'll be interested to see how they use him uh i think he signed as a as a receiver uh coming out of high school as a two-star recruit so uh interesting player there uh and a, a jolt of athleticism for the titans offense yeah and that's i mean that's what they needed right you know when you're looking at a guy that you're gonna have as a compliment to Derrick Henry, because as great as Derrick Henry is and as amazing as that run that he went on last year, you know, from December on, or even a little bit earlier than that, as amazing as that was, there are certain limitations to his game. And while he can catch the ball out of the backfield, you know, we've seen him make big plays on screens and that kind of stuff. That That's never going to be the strength of what he does. And in today's NFL, you need that guy, you need that guy that can put the pressure on the defense in that way and that, that, I mean, I think that's what the Titans have in this guy. And again, to not have to, I mean, you're, you're obviously not going to ask him to come in and shoulder the load right away. Um, a jump from the competition that he played, you know, with, with in the Sun Belt uh, to the NFL is, I mean, that's absolutely a real thing, but you don't need him to come in and be your three down back right away. He's going to have a role. They're going to be able to carve that out for him. And then, like I said, we don't know. We don't know what what Derrick Henry's status is going to be uh, past 2020. Um, all we know right now is that he's here on a franchise tag for this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they get something done with him, you know, for a, a little bit more of an extended deal. But as of right now, you know that you have Henry here for 2020. You know that you have Evans coming in to, to be his complement, And that was something that they absolutely needed to address in this draft. So I, w- I was on a radio show in Clarksville earlier today, and I was asked, you know, what's the what's the better drafting strategy because everybody talks about do you draft for need or you, do you just take best player available and I, I think the best general managers out there they have a mix of both right i mean i don't think you can ever just go one extreme or the other because you don't want to if you're you don't want to make a huge reach for a guy just because it's a need um but you're also you know if you've got 
two or three guys at one position that are really good. You're not going to draft that guy, even if he's the highest player on your board. But I, I think you've seen John Robinson be able to, you know, discern things in this draft. And like you're saying earlier, like you look at, okay, we've got a, we've got a group of offensive tackles here. We've got a group of cornerbacks. And, you know, if you think Isaiah Wilson is kind of the end of that first tier of tackles, but we've got four or five corners that we think can come in and, and do what we need them to do. Go ahead and take the tackle here. We can get the corner, even if it's whoever it is, if it's Gladney or if it's just Fulton, whoever it is in the, in the second round, you, you've got a list of guys there. And so, you know, I, I, I think you have to be pretty pleased with how John Robinson has played this so far. And obviously we'll, we'll have to see how it, how it plays out on the field. But he, I think he's done a good job of weighing, you know, needs versus guys that are there. And I don't think there's any question that he has improved this football team over the last two days. It, it was it was pretty interesting watching uh, that that running back run we saw. Um, they're flying off the board. Uh, start day two, uh, Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Acres, Dobbins, they they all went right there together. Um, and and honestly kind of in odd situations where they're not going to be the featured guy um kind of in situ- situation that evans landed in so um i had kind of ruled out running back in my head uh just just due to the fact that they had all just come off the board i was i was thinking defensive tackle um I, with that third round pick but john robinson goes ahead and adds the the running back and, and you know kind of similarly the the corners were starting to come off the board uh in round two but uh it, i i I don't know if Fulton was was the last guy they would have picked there or not, uh, but it, it definitely fell right into his lap. But um, you know, looking ahead to day three, it's kind of interesting because you don't have that fourth round pick. You've got a fifth and you've got three sevens. Um, so I, I don't think you're going to be feeling a lot of needs with those picks. You don't typically see uh, day one contributors coming out of uh, that draft range. So. Uh, not to say you've kind of got what you've got. You still add depth here. Um, but just for me, we've already talked about edge kind of being up in the air with, with the clowning situation. But uh, for me, that defensive tackle spot is uh, looking pretty weak after you lost uh, Jarrell Casey uh, and Austin Johnson signed with the Giants. Yeah, that's certainly now the position that they at least need bodies at. Um, because, I mean, I, I think we all can see that Jeffrey Simmons was the Jarrell Casey replacement, just, you know, kind of drafted a year early there. But now you're down to, like you said, you lost you lost him, you lost Austin Johnson. So you need guys that can play there. You've got Daquan Jones, you've got Simmons, but you just, you just need rotational guys there. And so that's, yeah, like you said, because I think, I looked it up earlier, there's 80-something picks, I think, between when the Titans made their third-round pick and when they'll make their fifth-round pick, assuming no trades are made in there. Um, and so then you're getting to the point where you're looking for traits in guys and you hope you can get a guy that you can come and you can coach him up and you can get something out of out of him eventually. Now, the Titans have done well with these, you know, fifth round guys. I mean, you got John Brown, uh, you know, Monty Hooker. I think he was a fourth round pick. Right. But he was, you know, guys, they've come in and been able to at least get contributions out of early in their careers. So you, you hope you can find a guy or two like that. Um, you're not going to find a dynamic pass rusher at this point. We've talked a lot about that, about how, I mean, those guys are, you know, real hit or miss at the top of the draft, but if you don't have that elite athleticism. It's, it's hard to find those guys later on, but if you can get a rotational piece or two 
And then again, you know, with the with the the thought in the back of our minds that Jade Van Cloney could be here, um, you know, they they can be all right like that. And, and we know that Clowney, I think the way that they would use him, you know, he would he would be on the defensive line some. He would stand up and rush some as well. So you would kind of have a mix and match thing there, and then get a couple other guys in the rotation. Um, it, it's it's weird, you know, just with all the all the limitations they've had. Being able to talk to guys and and that kind of stuff, um, so that they're not gonna have as good of a feel as they would have if you know in the past we've seen Mike Vrabel at pro days and stuff he gets out there and holds the bag and has guys hit him and that kind of stuff to get that feel for a player they weren't able to do that obviously this year but I, I think they can still find a guy or two that they can identify a trait in and hopefully they can bring something out in that guy and we've seen in the past I mean a lot of their I guess you know filler. At, towards the back end of their roster has been on the defensive line front. Um, they, they've had two or three guys, you know, that have been undrafted or drafted late that have made the team. So I'm not as concerned about that as I was last night when you know the draft was over and they they hadn't had a cor- they they hadn't picked a corner to that point. So um, I, I guess as we sit here right now, like you said, defensive line. I think that's the the biggest need they have left. And after that, they can just kind of find guys they feel like can fit well on this team on special teams or whatever else. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, day three is where you, you find that athlete that, you know, stuff had not come together for him. You take a chance on him. You spend those, those seventh round picks on, on the, the physical freaks that, that just haven't panned out quite yet. You know, you take that risk. Um, what I'm interested to see play out tomorrow. Uh, one of the most, one of the craziest parts of the draft is the undrafted free agents process. I'm interested to see that play out without teams being able to be in their war room because you know you've heard the stories of you know them being around the conference table with phones with with 20 phones calling guys making offers so i'm really interested to see how that part uh, of, of all this plays out because it's it's been a, a pretty strange draft you know you saw roger goodell um sitting down in his basement <laughs> uh looking like santa claus you know uh <laughs> basically falling asleep reading his picks late in the night tonight so it's been a really strange draft, but I think uh, I think the undrafted free agent parts uh, might be the strangest, at least for the teams. You know, I'd like to hear some stories come out of that part of this. Yeah, absolutely. Because like you said, they're just not going to have that feel for these guys like they would in the past, yeah. being able to talk to them as much. Um, so yeah, it, it's 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 crazy. And then again, we don't have any idea what this offseason is going to look like. Um, I mean, we could be fairly confident that we're not getting any type of OTAs, but is training camp able to open on time? That type of stuff. Um, you, you feel good about the Titans from an offensive perspective because you, you've got pretty much everybody back. I mean, Jack Conklin's obviously not here. Um, you feel good enough about Dennis Kelly at right tackle if you, you know they're not able to get as much work in, if, if Isaiah Wilson's not able to, to get in and work. Um, so you, you feel pretty good about where they are, but it's just we just don't have any idea what the next few months are going to look like from a, you know, just a training perspective, getting ready for the year. Um, it, it's going to be wild as, as far as all that's concerned. Like I said, I mean, I was asked, a friend of mine was texting me earlier asking me how I would grade this draft so far. I mean, you got to give it like a B or a B plus, right? I mean, I think I feel better about it today than I did yesterday um, at the end, because like I said, I just I had that concern about corner in the back of my mind, but now I feel like you've got that guy again, all of this, I'm kind of um, 
viewing through the lens of that Jadavion Clowney is going to end up here because, you know, we, we know it doesn't matter how good your corners are. If you can't get to the quarterback, guys can't cover forever. Even the best corners in the world can't cover forever. But if you can combine Clowney with what they've done so far, I, I think it's feel pretty good about where they're at. Yeah, it, and you know, this kind of occurred to me too. There, it it kind of reminds me of the, the Rashawn Evans versus Harold Landry deal. Uh, from a couple of years ago, you know, we were all clamoring. I, I think we did a, a podcast today leading up to the draft telling the Titans to take Harold Landry. Uh, and they ended up getting him at, at 40. Uh, and, and they had what has turned out to be an outstanding player, Rashawn Evans. Um, when, you know, at, at the time, middle linebacker wasn't exactly a, a need on the board. So uh, I, I think we've seen uh, enough examples um, of this playing out in the past to kind of trust the process here even though it's a little frustrating with, with Isaiah Wilson. I think that's going to, you know, you've already seen Kuiper kind of call it a, a head-scratching pick. Uh, I think you're going to get that a lot as, as some of these uh, draft grades come out, which are all bogus anyway. But, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. The, the Fulton pick um, has me on board. Uh, you, you feel the most immediate need there. Got your running back now in place. You got your right tackle of the future. So I, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, we'll we'll see how it plays out tomorrow. Um, with with the Titans currently having three more picks or four more picks, but three of them coming in the seventh round. Um, so like I said, we'll have all of your coverage there for that. Uh, check that out at musicmiracles.com. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jamie Morris MCM. Terry is at T Lambert TN. Uh, the blog site at Titans MCM. And you can subscribe to this podcast, and we'll get you a couple more shows coming off of this draft. Um, and then <laughs> who knows what's going to happen after that, but we'll have all the, all the analysis that we, that we need to get coming off of this draft. And then hopefully, um, you, you know, I, like I said, I don't think we're going to get OTAs, but I think, I, I think there is at least some optimism that training camps could open at least close to on time. So hopefully that's what we'll be looking at, but we'll have all that covered for you. Again, check out the site, musicmiracles.com. You can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast, just search out music miracles. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.